0: Hey, what's up everyone? Today, we have a special guest with us today, Zeke Cortez. He is a longtime friend of mine. We grew up in the same hometown. Um, Zeke is currently in business for himself. He's been an entrepreneur since 2015. Um, I think he has a ton of insight that will be really awesome to share with you guys and, and really give anybody who wants to know more about small business ownership or becoming an entrepreneur, I think, Zeke has a ton of insight, and uh, it'll be a, a great day, and and we'll hopefully get some some really good information to share with you guys. Zeke, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us today. It's mm-hmm. it's great to have you. Um, really, I just want to open up. Our first question is is tell us a little bit about who you are, your background, your upbringing, um, kind of who uh, Zeke is today and and how did you get there?
1: Oh, man, that's a load of question. I would say that um, I've been pretty much everything in the past. But today I'm, you know, an entrepreneur. I have a family of five. I have a 12 year old, five year old and a one and a half year old. And I'm married, been married for going on five years in April of next year. And shoot, man, I got an entrepreneurship. I think I was going through the, the just the corporate grind, mm-hmm. the corporate answer to, you know, this district manager and then this mm-hmm. VP and have this call that, you know, it just gets to a point where even though if you're making money and you have good benefits and everything, it's just not fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And so back when I was doing it, I'm kind of like, you know, what's my way out? And the only thing that I really liked was was food. And that's what I had a passion for, you know. Yeah. And, um I'm thinking back to like maybe 2012 and just, I was working, um, at a, a car dealership okay, and I'm selling cars and I'm noticing that I'm getting home late yep. and at the time I'm a single dad. And so, uh, that's where the idea started to birth itself. It was kind of like, what am I going to do? Like mm-hmm. come home, get my kid into sleep. Yep. Don't have any time to spend with them. Like, mm-hmm. do we watch TV what do we do? You know, I was just so lost in a way. Mm-hmm. And at that time, dude, I, I mean, I got to be honest too, like was not straight, you know, and I, I was not like sober. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm thinking through ideas of how I can get out of this kind of rat uh, rat race. And I was making good money in the car business, mm-hmm. but what wasn't fulfilling about that was that I wasn't able to spend time with my son. Mm-hmm. And that kind of hits close home to me yeah. and in my heart, because my dad and I, Never had a good relationship. And I barely knew him. Mm-hmm. So him and my mom split up when, when I was like two. Okay. Um, so my brother, Abe and I, which are, he's a little bit older, a year and a half older. Gotcha. Um, we didn't grow up with my dad. And okay. so it just produced a slew of problems, yeah. which I was referencing, you know, before I was an entrepreneur, I was everything. And yeah. that's, you know, kind of where it came from is, is there was nobody there to like, put me in my place, mm-hmm. which is, you know, as you're growing up, it's just a huge part of your life, especially a young man, like yep. you got testosterone going through, you're trying to figure out what's what, you're yep. trying to figure out people, um, you're trying to read people, you're trying to understand what you want out of life and you just get to know yourself. Yeah. Um, and so not having that in that journey, um, I didn't want my son, Silas, to grow up like that, gotcha. you know, and so I'm like 23, 24 years old and- going through that rat race of selling cars. I'm like, shit, how can I just get a little bit more time yeah. at night when I pick him up mm-hmm. as opposed to going through, you know, cook him dinner, um, get him in a bath, and then get him to bed, mm-hmm. you know, not spending any quality time like, like sure. this yeah, face yeah. to face. And so one day I just prepared like a big pot of lasagna, and that's what we ate all week. <laughs> and I was like, shit, like that, you know. Even if it's twenty minutes, yeah, where we can just mess around and I can just like what does he do? Yeah. You know, what does a two two year old do? And up until that point, I kind of wasn't like, what is it what kind of relationship do me and my son have? Yeah, yeah. You know? hmm So we ate that and then that's where the idea started to to blossom. And I went to culinary school um like right when the recession started, like two thousand and eight. Gotcha. So you've always been in to cooking and and food. Oh yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So I took a um it was a home ec class in junior and senior year. And my buddy and I were actually supposed to go to culinary school together. Gotcha. Right? Yep. And so we were part of the whole opioid crisis. Gotcha. And my way out was like, I got to go to culinary school and get out of this. Yeah. Well, when the time came, mm-hmm. he went military and yep. then I went culinary school. Gotcha. So um, that's kind of where our past diverted. But mm-hmm. I've always been into it. I've always loved food. I've always loved and, uh, just the process. Yeah.
0: So tell us a little bit about your high school, you know, who were you in high school and, and what did you do? And, you know, did you have mentors in high school? Did you, you know, growing up with a, a single mom, you know, your brother talking a little bit about, you know, having this testosterone and needing, you know, some guidance. What what did you fall back on in high school and kind of who were you in high school and 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 has that helped shape you into the man you are today or did you have to overcome some some You know challenges that maybe on habits that you developed in high school. Tell us a little bit about who you were growing up, man.
1: Like I I was full speed in high school. Just you know, um, I wrestled. I played football in high school, Mm -hmm. and so I was into like physical sports, like just something where I could use force. And I had wrestled since I was a kid, and so um, that's all I really knew. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, like I didn't even like wrestling, you know. But it was a way that. Whatever was inside of me, just like some aggression, mm-hmm. some anger yeah, yeah. that I didn't even know was anger. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you just yeah. think it's like, oh, I'm just growing up. I'm just pissed. You yeah, know, right, right. Um, but that's what it was, and that was a good way to uh, to channel it. Mm-hmm. And so I just kept wrestling, even though I did, not you know, I didn't like going there and and running and all yeah. like the strenuous workouts and whatnot. So that's who I was in high school. And then, um, sixteen years old, I walked in my house, and one of my buddies, um, he had a line, a powder. Mm-hmm. Out on the table, mm-hmm. and he's like, "You want? Do you want one?" Yeah. And I'm like, "What? What are you, what are you doing? Yeah, Why yeah, are yeah. you even here?" Like, yeah, he, yeah. he came over with my brother, and um, and he's like telling me about it. Yep. Well, that was yep. uh, oxycotton I before. Yeah. And dude, so that's where the whole thing with high school started, and that really shaped a big portion of my life yep. is being into that. Um, and so, dude, I took that line and then shit just started going downhill. I went through high school and I had girlfriends and, you know, I had a lot of friends and mm-hmm. it was popular and whatnot and then got out of high school. And the only real direction I had was to go to culinary school, gotcha. you know, but for... Um, for those years, I feel like it was just, I was just looking to have fun, like yep. have a good time mm-hmm. looking for affirmation, you know, whether it be through like women mm-hmm. or friends, mm-hmm. just whoever would tell me I was good at something or that I was good looking or that I did that good, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah.
0: No, and maybe for the audience to talk a little bit about, I mean, our hometown was like, it was an interesting place. And uh, I don't think a lot of people understand kind of for us to get where we're at now, it wasn't like we were growing up in the hood or something like that, but there certainly was a a component of our hometown where it was, it was a rougher, it was a rougher group and and you didn't, you couldn't be, you couldn't be soft to come up where we grew up. Right. And then so for where we're at now becoming entrepreneurs and really kind of making it out of that, we, we saw a lot of kids, I think, you know, not make it out we literally said, you know, quite literally of, yeah. we had
1: kids die around us and like you said man it's not like the you know inner city detroit or yeah, something like yeah. that right but it's it, but it's it's definitely like you
0: know hometown mm-hmm. you know we grew up it was it was smaller but it was it was a wild place yeah uh, you know there was a lot of a lot of drugs a lot of people just you know kind of on that have a good time and mm-hmm. and it, there was a lot of tight-knit groups yeah, you know where it was like it was very clicked up, and yeah, might not have been gangs, but it was similar to those. Um, you know, it was easy to find whatever you wanted to find. to yeah. to, to make trouble. Yeah, very,
1: um, very, very accessible. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you know Donald, yeah, and whatnot, and yep. I mean, we were side by side. Yep, I left to go back to culinary school, and he died the next day. Mm-hmm. You know, and we were partying. On July 4th together, you know what I mean? So quite literally, and what I didn't understand about being, you know, and as a kid and whatnot, one thing I'm teaching my son is that you really start, especially in a small town environment, Mm -hmm. I didn't know that this is the way it is, but you start your reputation early Mm -hmm. as a young kid. Yep. So yeah. y- you know what I was doing as a young kid, I was still like wild and aggressive. I didn't have my dad and whatnot, and mm-hmm. was was kind of like angry, but I didn't know that. And mm-hmm. then you st- you start hearing it, you start hearing people pepper things about you, like, right. oh dang, dude, like why are you why did you get in a fight with that kid? Yeah, like why are you picking on that kid? Why are you why did you do that? Like, and it's funny how I mean? your
0: brain wires itself to those to that noise. Mm-hmm. Your brain starts to wire, and then that's like what you start to believe you are. Yeah. You know, oh, yes. he's wild. He's in trouble. Oh, he's never, he's not going to make, oh, he's going to go to jail. Oh, he's, mm-hmm. you know, it's just all these little things that you start to hear as a young man and you start to wire that into your brain. And then that becomes like who you think you are. Yes. And so to unthink that or to to rewire your brain into a different, probably where you're at now, it's mm-hmm. like you're leading people, you're, you're, you know, customer service, you're, yes. you got probably 10 different things that you're juggling at one time. Yes. And so- you have to stay in that positive mindset, probably as a CEO and as the president of a company, you're probably always thinking of ways, and I don't want to speak for you, but maybe talk a little bit about on some things that you do now in your current situation that you stay, are you do to stay in a good positive mindset? You yeah. Know, wh- what are some of your habits? What are things that you try to focus on mm-hmm. in your day-to-day activities?
1: I try to get active. Yeah. And I pray every day. Yep. And I make sure that that's like at the forefront gotcha. of everything. So, in the first thing in the morning, I mean, I get down on my knees and I pray over my couch every mm-hmm. single day, mm-hmm. you know, while everybody else is asleep. And I just ask for, first and foremost, I ask for health. Yeah. Um, I get in a car wreck tomorrow, dude. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people that are going to suffer from that. Yeah. Um, and so I pray for that. And I, um, And I try to work out as much as possible. I drink water and then obviously eat healthy. Yeah. And I'm there, you know, and I go on these stints like, um, you know, right now I'm on a program, but I'm, my goal is I don't want to drink for the rest of the year. Gotcha. Not that I was like bad into drinking at all. Yeah. I just want to get to the next level. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Of, of if I'm drinking or if I'm doing anything like that, it's, it's, uh. One, two, three times a year. It's not something where Radio. oh, it's the summer. Now we're gonna like yeah, drink yeah. two or three nights a, yeah. a week. We're gonna right? turn it up, yo.
0: Yo. So
1: the 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 kind of taking my own personal health, and my own personal fitness, my own personal mentality, my own emotions. And just trying to elevate them personally. Um, And so that way, when I go out into the world and when I have like a one-on-one with an employee or when I talk with my wife or when I talk with my kids Mm -hmm. and explain to people why we're doing what we're doing, Mm -hmm. then I come from a a place of example rather than just preach.
0: Well, let's run it back a little bit because I think I jumped ahead, but tell me a little bit. So you... Decided to go to, you were selling cars, went, you, you had already gone to culinary school or you, you
1: hadn't gone yet and went back. I went. No, I went to culinary school, came back, First. couldn't make the money, Okay. Right, split with my son's mom. And okay. then we, uh, uh, we kind of took 50, 50 custody gotcha. of, of my son. And, and then started we were, doing the car
0: sales. Yes. Okay. So yeah. car sales, did you miss your passion during that, that time? I know you said you cooked a plate of lasagna and you were like, yeah. were you still cooking and being like, man, this is what I should be doing or. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, were, I loved it. Okay. So yeah. you knew like, I got to figure out something to do with my passion, what I love. Yeah. And then how did the ideas, you know, how did you start kind of putting into motion where you're at now with Supernatural Eats?
1: Huh. Well, I went, so I, Was selling cars, and then after I sold cars, I um, got into a more stable job that was a seven-to-four job. I worked at Madwire, and I was like a marketing consultant. And I only did that for nine months, and they fired me because I was really bad at it. But that got me going because I understood, like, you know, it's the real world. Like, no matter if you have a kid, no matter, you know, whatever your sob story is, like, people don't care, dude. Like, you got to produce wherever you go. And so um, after that happened, then... It just got the wheels turning more and more and more, and eventually the idea clicked. But I had kind of grabbed pieces of information mm-hmm. from different areas in order to set myself up. The, the Madwire was the, uh, the website piece. Okay. I knew that I had to be online. I knew that I needed a website for people to go in and inquire or order food. Gotcha. And I, and I knew that I didn't have the capital to get into like a retail location first okay. or even convince anybody you Know 24 25 years old, hey, give me a bunch of money. I know how to do this, Cause right. I was just there was no confidence there, yeah, yeah. I had no idea how to maneuver, it, I was just out of it. So, I and just they have figured, their like really strict guidelines on what they
0: look for, yeah. There's like 200 criteria you have to match in order for somebody yes. to say they believe in you when they're, I get what you're saying, so, yeah. so then, so, so, yeah, keep going, tell us more about. You had the website piece. Did you learn that at Madwire or did a you learn bit. the marketing?
1: I, I, I learned about AdWords and how paid ads works. Gotcha. I learned about Facebook marketing and, and okay. social media. And I learned about search engine optimization. Gotcha. I learned about on-site keywords, cool. title tags, meta tags, stuff like that um, on like a digital marketing.
0: So even though front. you were fired in nine months, you still like took something from that. Yeah. I think that's important for people to kind of grasp that concept that it's okay to work. Maybe not your forever job, mm-hmm. even if you're not good at it. Like you yeah. still, you say, Oh, I'm not good at it. And that's why I got fired. But you're sitting here and like all the knowledge that you did take from that, mm-hmm. um, you still made that a positive experience But you took that with you now. And so yeah. I think that's cool. And, and for people that are trying to get started, I think it's important for them to know that like, it's good to work at other places. Yeah. You know, and there's things that you can learn that eventually will um, roll over into when you get ready to start your own business. Yeah, So, so yeah. So you, you learn the marketing side of things. You knew that the mad wire wasn't for you. And then kind of talk through a little bit more about, you know, where the idea of incorporating food and, and maybe not having the startup capital. Yeah. I think we want to hear some more about that.
1: Yeah. So, not having the startup capital, I I uh, I then transitioned and I was working at was actually working two jobs when I was at Madwire, and one was at a uh, restaurant in downtown Loveland, sure. and so I stayed cooking and I kind of kept at least the skill set somewhat okay. sharp. Yeah. Um. And then uh, one day I just put five hundred dollars in an account at the Credit Union of Colorado, and they were saying something like I just asked them if I can op- open a business account, and they were like. Yeah, we have a business account, and it was just like a checking account. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you no, know, yeah. the business. they were name just was trying to get it. you in the door. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I, and I had another checking account, and that's where I was managing my money there. Um, so I just put five hundred bucks in that account, and then um, I ordered some containers, and then everything else I just learned as it came up. And to be honest, a lot of the 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 way that I learned was customers that were asking questions or inquiring. Okay. So So at this
0: time, did you have a website? Yeah. Okay. So you had a website. Was it named what you guys are today? Was it supernatural Eats? So Mm -hmm. you knew, okay, I have this website. I have this name. Mm -hmm. Now I just got to slow play and keep, keep kind of putting forth the effort. And so then you, you ordered some containers and those containers kind of talk to a little bit. So the audience knows what you guys, you do at supernatural eats. Yeah. So when you say containers, so they're they're kind of familiar
1: with the concept. I definitely want to plug that in. Yeah. So the, the, how we started was um, it was prepared meals, but they were fully organic and it was all comfort food, chicken pot pie, meatloaf. It was pesto chicken with grilled chicken. So it was stuff like that, that would come fully organic. And then I would put, Um, instructions over it. And I just wrote the instructions down, had a template and then printed them off, cut them out and then stuck them on the top. Okay. And then I would deliver it in a recyclable bag. So you would get these few containers that were stacked up, something like you could get it at Sprouts or Whole Foods, like a prepared meal.
0: This was like probably way at the beginning of the game before you weren't even seeing this because you saw a lot of people start to try to duplicate that same concept, I feel like. So so you were like, hey, you got some containers, comfort food, mm-hmm. but it was organic. So you felt like, okay, people would catch on to that concept, or, or talk to us a little bit more about why the the comfort food, and then are you guys still doing the comfort
1: food, or have you moved away from? That? Definitely moved away and okay. put a healthy spin on it. Gotcha. Supernatural was the idea of bringing the word organic. Okay. Into the name gotcha. without saying organic, gotcha. yeah. right? So yep. supernatural eats, and then now it has so much different meaning, right? But yeah, yeah. it's crazy we, how that works. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I like you never that. know where it's going, yeah. Man, but but it's good. That shows that you're you're
0: you're innovating and you're you're thinking about your business and you're yeah. and you're doing the things where it's like you're you're listening. Probably to your customer it has a lot to do with how you guys. Yes. Maneuver the journey of the business yes.
1: and also. very much so. And so. that's a lot of where of how what drove the business left and right. Gotcha. You know, is is getting inquiries online. And once it would pop up once, at first you kind of just say, Oh yeah, like we'll think about this type of food or we'll think yep. about this type of yep. you know, over and over again. But a lot of what happened to me in business at least, it felt like a very natural turn mm-hmm. for everything. Gotcha. So when we were do, going through the comfort food aspect, I'm going through doing like three, four, five, six orders, 10 orders, 15 orders per week. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I'm cooking so much, like eight hours in a day gotcha. to prepare 150 to $200 worth of food. Gotcha. And then, you know, and a few days later I'm doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So what I'm noticing is, is based on my labor and my input, how can that scale out, mm. right? Yeah. So for one, what was good is I, I started – uh, taking people's money up front, okay. So they would have to pay for the meals, and then I would drop their their food off. Yeah. So that's what paid for the food, and that's what kind of kept me afloat after yeah. that initial five hundred bucks, and it, and it grew eventually. But we really started to make a change back in twenty seventeen to the healthy okay. aspect, and gotcha. then we started to put subscriptions. Okay. So. Once we put subscriptions in, then we started getting a lot of different changes. So yep. people were saying, hey, can you ever can you present us with a menu? Is there a menu to see? Mm-hmm. Um, can we get different types of foods? Can you incorporate fish? Um, can you incorporate different vegetables? Gotcha. And so now that has really just formed its own kind of beast where we're at now, mm-hmm. where we do different meals every week and it's all year.
0: Gotcha. So do you guys um, get most of your attractions still online? I know that you talked a little bit about – you guys aren't a brick and mortar store. Mm-hmm. So does that, do you feel like that's to your advantage? Do you feel like maybe it's a disadvantage? What What are some of the the challenges in your industry from kind of all the angles? Talk through a little bit about that and then how do you handle those challenges?
1: Well, I think I'm still trucking uphill, that's for sure. Okay, Having a retail storefront definitely puts you one up does because it? so many people are going to drive by it and you mm-hmm. just get name recognition and so many... I mean, people will drive by and they'll tell somebody else and they'll tell somebody else. Whereas, you know, especially if you're on like a busy street, Mm -hmm. okay, and you have your sign up like, oh, what's that? Oh, we should should see that. And you Mm -hmm. see it so many times. Mm -hmm. After you see it 30 times, then you finally go there. Online, all we can do is present you with a video and then we just follow you around online, right? But eventually you can change that setting where, hey, you know, I don't want to see this ad anymore. Or you just completely ignore it. But- we're really at that angle where we're, we're kind of on an uphill slope. So yeah. um, there's companies that have an edge on us for sure. And what my goal is, is I don't necessarily want to do the retail storefront. I, yeah. don't, I don't know why that's not in my cards. I've never felt like it's a good idea to do a retail storefront with Supernatural Leads okay. because of the, where we want to go eventually. Okay. And so it would be something where, okay, let's start a retail st- storefront up for three, four, five years. Yep. You know, um, I would like to take it national and I would like to start shipping in a box. And I would st- like to start purchasing our own farms mm-hmm. and having our own sustainable type of uh, food supply chain. So getting your, you going, basically
0: being the source of where your food comes from is something. So you're thinking, you know, land, cattle, Vert- sustainable farms. Vertically, vertically integrate. Oh, that's cool. As you think about scaling that, um, do you see yourself, you know, still trying to kind of organically, you know, raise capital or, or, you know, inject your own funding? Or do you, do you ever have thoughts about bringing other investors in what kind of, because I think a lot of people that are starting up, this is a big question that they ask, mm-hmm. like, how, how do I go about the financial component of getting my business started? Now my business is started. Now I'm ready to grow. I have these ideas. I have these other stepping stones that I want to go. How do I make the right decision to scale that business from a financial standpoint?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's a good question. And I think everybody that goes into entrepreneurship, for one, you should utilize the power of not having money. Mm -hmm. As crazy as that sounds, if you go in and you're trying to think about how you're going to start a business with uh, a million dollars, there's not a lot of thinking that's required but when you don't have that resource that's when the re- creativity oh, comes out and yeah. you start thinking how can i do this how can i do this how can i get this without having to spend money on it mm-hmm. yeah. and so then you start maybe you search online for craigslist or right. you know go buy a piece of equipment that's way discounted or you mm-hmm. buy something that somebody wants to give away yep. or you you know find somebody that's that's um You know, trying to sell something, you say, "Hey, can I give you like a hundred dollars now, a hundred dollars in? Yeah, you're working a a deal all the time. You're trying to figure
0: out the angles, and
1: naturally, now what do you start having? You start having the ability to negotiate, right? And sales, Mm -hmm. and then you realize, huh? Well, now you can almost like market yourself in a way. So you're taking care of a piece, Mm -hmm. and then you're understanding how to manage money on such a granular level that. When you start growing, it makes sense of why you're making left move or right move or Mm -hmm. why you're investing here or why you're investing there. And you kind of know what happens because you have an example from when you first started Mm -hmm. and you can go, okay, well, this is what's going to happen if I utilize this money this way.
0: Yeah. So for you guys, I mean, what he just said there is just a huge touching point, right? The understanding that you don't need money to start a business, right? You need the power of your thoughts, strategy, um, putting in that effort of really having to think through, you know, five moves, six moves ahead. Mm-hmm. When you don't have money, you spend the time doing that, right? Instead mm-hmm. of, you know, it's that, that old saying, you know, money will buy good, but it won't buy great. That's what I love about small business owners mm-hmm. that have started and they're very strategic, especially when it comes to the financial component, is they are they are the definition of great minds, right? Because yeah. they've had to be, you mm-hmm. know, they've had yes. to... To take the risk, they've had to learn those those really challenging. You know, think about how many people you hear say, "I hate to negotiate." Right? You have got to learn how to negotiate if you want to be a successful small business owner. Right. And I don't, and I don't mean that because I think there's such this, uh, there's so much of a negative um, kind of energy around negotiating. I feel right. like a lot of times people are like, "Oh, negotiating, it's grimy, it's this, it's that." But I'm like, ah, I think you're looking at it wrong. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of really awesome. Collaborative conversations I've been in, and they have been based on negotiating. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so I, I, I think that's a great point that you just. Thanks. Um,
1: yeah, I appreciate that, man. There's, they're the negotiating in terms of money too. When you really get in touch with a good negotiator, Mm -hmm. that person is not coming from a perspective of they just want to high gross you. Mm -hmm. They're coming from a perspective of what's going to go long term. So a lot of the times you might think that you out negotiate somebody that's at a higher level than you, but they might let that happen because they know that they want to be in business with you for the next five, 10, 20 years. In order for that to happen, you need to make X. You give and take. It's definitely, it's, good negotiating is like watching,
0: uh, uh, it's like watching a a couple that have been in a a dance practice for years. Mm -hmm. It just, you can tell the art of it. Yeah. It looks the way it's supposed to look, you know? So, so yeah, I I think the negotiating part. So talk a little bit more on like kind of your angle on scaling and where you, I know you had mentioned you guys want to go national. What's, Mm -hmm. what's kind of that look like for the, the future
1: of supernatural eats? Well, there's a lot of red tape yeah. in going national. With food safety, man, the government just has their their fingers just everywhere, right? Gotcha. And so you got to finesse around that mm-hmm. and, and you got to make sure that the plans that you have for food safety yeah. is going to be up to par with every. So we started, um, the first thing we have to do is get a HACCP plan for reduced oxygen packaging. Reduced oxygen packaging allows longer shelf life and it allows for the food to stay Preserved longer, okay. just higher quality. So once that happens, you get it approved just through your local county. Okay. And then it goes up to the state. And then after it goes to the state, FDA, then the FDA. You know what I mean? All the way up the chain. And then you go, okay, well, I want to sell in in Utah. Okay, well, Utah have any special requirements for food? Yep. You know, does Arizona, does California? I mean, I don't know if you're in California, but, you know,
0: (laughs) wherever you go. they stay out of there for franchise. so (laughs) I get it.
1: What are some of the biggest challenges that
0: you guys face in your industry today? Like, what are things that you're like, man, this is a constant yeah. You know, it's a constant. It's something that we're constantly having to figure out how
1: to get through. And there's, there's a lot of big ones, uh, labor, supply chain, food cost, inflation, um, and, and customer expectations. Okay. I think there's always a time, especially going through right now yeah. where people don't understand why they're paying so much more now. And that usually will take a year to two years after some, you know, some different prices hit and you start raising your prices Mm -hmm. up and people start to realize, oh shoot, like everybody's doing this. And then all of a sudden, you know, their job says, Hey, we're going to give you guys all $5,000 a year raise. And then they're like, Oh, okay. And then they start to move on with Mm -hmm. that notion that everything is going to be more expensive now. So there's a lot, you know, labor right now, chefs are like a dying breed. Really? It really is, man. Um, And I've talked with some, some really, high-end chefs and i've talked with people that are just getting into the industry you know they'll jump in they don't necessarily want to learn traditional skills yeah they kind of just want to do prep and get through it quickly and it it, it's like it's like a segue job for them it's a it's a startup job for them start of their career why would you say that it's it's a kind of a dying breed what
0: what what is turning people away from becoming chefs or wanting to be you know
1: in this for the long haul yeah I think there's a couple things uh first thing is 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 how food is becoming so commercialized and and automated everything is prepared now you go to sprouts and I just went to you need to start local sprouts yeah. they have like two massive cooler displays and they're just chock full of meals hundreds of meals mm-hmm. that people can go by and just Pick up, And it's not in schools anymore. There's, you know, you might do home ec um, and whatnot and learn how to just cook the basics, but there's no, there's no like infrastructure around that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's culinary schools around, but there's no, nobody's teaching people how to grow food in their own backyard Mm -hmm. that they're going to cook, you know, in their own pans at home. Everybody's just, we got Uber Eats and No Konash. God willing, I love No Konash way more than Uber Eats. Yeah, yeah, but um, just all of these companies that are making things so much more convenient for people. And then people are starting to peel back a little bit in their social lives and they're more into I call it, um, ephemeral living. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's so reserved and there's almost less social, like social interactions Around where food. people are not, they're not getting together to kind of break bread anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you go and hang out with somebody, you go to a restaurant mm-hmm. and, and you know, The few restaurants we've been to just in in downtown, just the last few weeks, it takes over an hour to get the food. Hour to get the food and still feels like the quality for the price. Yeah. Yeah. You start to second guess that. Do
0: you see the more people have those experiences out to eat, um, wanting to go back to putting the food in their pan and cooking? And do you ever see that we're going to go back to maybe, I don't want to say the old way, right? But Mm -hmm. more of a traditional cook your meal, sit down, eat as a family. No, you know, I don't know if it with the way life is the speed of it. I just, I feel like convenience is, yeah, is kind of where a lot of these big companies are. They're certainly targeting. Yeah.
1: Convenience. It's hard. It's hard to say, to be honest, what is going to come of food because with automation Mm. and everything that's happening just commercially, I mean, if nobody wants to work, man, what happens? you know, Mm -hmm. be these big companies, they don't, they're going to start making moves. Like for example, so if I go buy a piece of machinery that can plate all of my food, Mm -hmm. okay. Let's say it's a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. I would have three, four employees to replace that machine that could do the same thing in Mm -hmm. this, in maybe the same amount of time. Now, the problem is, is that when you get that machine as a business owner, what can you do with it at the end of the year? There's a lot of different things you can do with it. You start deducting it yeah, and you can, you can do all kinds of yeah. It, it, yeah yeah i mean that thing is getting a value and then it's starting to be deducted on that value mm-hmm. and over the course of the next five years yeah right and then um as far as employees go employees don't go down in value they go way up in value and then you pay your payroll taxes and then what do you have to have for employees uniforms yeah. hr um uh, employee policy manuals and
0: tons of all this training. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All kinds of stuff. Right. But this, this piece of machinery that I have, there's an incentive for taxes where there's kind of a de-incentive to hire people right now.
0: Yeah. The way that taxes go, we talk about this all the time, like how small businesses are getting hammered on the taxes they pay because they're categorized in this small business category, which we haven't, reformed that policy on what an actual small business is. So then mm-hmm. like you're saying, you know, we start to think of other ways to to be profitable because our margins are so squeezed by big
1: corporate. Yes. So yeah. So, so, so yeah, go over, ahead. Over over yeah. time that that machine starts sounding a lot better. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And if these problems persist for five years, 10 years for Amazon, I mean, it's persisting forever. Can't find enough drivers, can't right. find enough drivers, can't find enough drivers. Yeah. So what are they going to start doing? They're going to start making cars into robots. Yeah. And then just go and, and drop your package off at your house with another little robot that's going to drive up to your front doorstep, take a picture, send you an email, mm-hmm. and then get back into the big car robot yeah. in the street and go to the next stop. And so there's... There's a – I don't know, man. It's a a toss-up for me is is obviously we have to grow a lot in order to circumvent that process, and I never want to go fully automated. But the way that everybody is right now Mm -hmm. and what their expectations are, it's hard to uh, recruit at the pace Mm -hmm. that we want to recruit at while – also being able to manage all other aspects of your business. Mm-hmm. Labor is a huge one, right? But you know, yeah. you have so much other things that you have to deal with yep. on a daily basis. It's like the first thing when you wake up in the morning, it's like, what fire is going to happen 100%, today? 100%, yeah. You know? A small business owner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, and, and, you know, an employee's they have to have consistency and they want to feel more like they're they're part of the decision making process too and so just working with people it's it's really hard to finesse the perfect life for them mm-hmm. make them you know make these people happy and for a long consistent period of time
0: yeah that's a good uh segue into automation where where do you stand with that do you do you lean more towards like yeah everything that i've seen in business for the last 8 years with you know service based business labor cost of goods those are going to be your two really big financial burdens that you have to constantly to juggle mm-hmm. um, and what you've seen with with the expectations of of staff and wanting them you know them wanting to be a part of decision making you know them wanting to make more money mm-hmm. um, wanting the culture all of that stuff do you lean more towards like yeah I'm I'm for automation in the food service-based industry, or do you want to see kind of a blend? Would you want to see some regulations around it? What is your thoughts on that as we move forward into the future? And I know that it's coming in all industries, you know, automation, robotics, that stuff is here. So if you, if you want to deny it, it's like trying to deny the internet when it first hit the market, like, sorry, it's. Yeah. There's no going
1: around it. Yeah. There really isn't. I would say I don't, I don't necessarily want automation to take hold of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that as just a, a society, we're going away from from this type of interaction, mm-hmm. you know. And it's it's there's a lot that is undermining our ability to just be humans. I mean, what, you got to think about it. Like we're not evolved or developed enough to have a phone all the time, like staring at a phone and just being in that life. And it's we're so. People think that we're so interconnected with other people, especially through social media. But if you're on social media and you're posting at most everything about your life, when I see you in person, what are we going to talk about? Right. Nothing. Yeah. I, I see people at King Supers all the time and, or, you know, wherever I go shopping, cause I'm still in Loveland yeah, hometown. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And I see literally people all the time. My son tells me, dad, you know, everybody. And I'm right. just like, dude, I've been here forever. Yeah. I've been so here. <laughs> you talk with people and it's like, Hey, you know how are you doing? blah 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 and i'm like oh i'm I'm great, How are you doing and <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, like, oh, I'm great, yeah, cool how how supernatural eats, oh, yeah. I saw you got this. I'm like, yeah, we got this yeah. contract or whatever, yeah. Cool, it's been great, and then same thing with them, I'm like, oh, you just had a baby, cool, like yeah. what else know. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, and so so now like it's almost you meet up with people is is now all you have to talk about is what's not on the highlight reel mm hmm you know, yeah. what do they what, what do they got under the rug, right? Sure. There's no more of just let me let me hear about your life and let's just let's just yeah. chat and be friends, socialize.
0: Do you feel like people? Um, this is kind of maybe off topic from <laughs> business, but in general, do you feel like people with these highlight reels were almost becoming foreign to to maybe talk out what's under the rug, or you know, because people don't want to be exposed. I think in business, it's like. Somebody could be highlight reeling it up. And in in reality, it's like they're in freaking deep water in their business. Like things are not good. Yes. And they feel like they still have to keep this like image up. Yes. Or they're gonna be vulnerable to the judgment of failing or you know not making it or something like that. And so then it it almost does them a disservice because they live too too they live too much in the highlight reel and they go way too hard for that image rather than like, Hey, I really am struggling in small business. It isn't easy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kicking my ass. You know, I'm away from my family. I'm sacrificed. I'm working hundred hours a week. I don't have anybody to really talk to, but I have to, you know, I have to show off my business as it's killing it. It's crushing yeah. it. Do you see that? You know, do
1: you feel like that's, you know, something that we're kind of running into as. Yeah, absolutely. I think that people are scared to be vulnerable. Yeah. You know, and at the end of the day man i mean i can think of a few guys right now that that push that it's just only highlight reel and it's only this mm-hmm. and it's only that and i can understand that you know you want people to view you especially if you're coming from a perspective of um like some of these guys are trying to be like mentors sure. for people. Yep. And so they want to act like they got everything figured out. Mm-hmm. And the reality is it's just fucking nobody has it figured out. <laughs> yeah. Nobody. Yeah. We're all just learning. <laughs> yep. You know, every time you grow, it's a whole new stage whole of new learning level, as well. Yeah. Yep. And you're just learning again. Yep. You know, I'm sure you went through it with now you like, you probably know a ton about leases and land oh, and just yeah. how to purchase and what locations I work. mean, there's
0: still a shit ton I don't know about all of it, even though I've been through it yeah you know 100 times and it's like i mean i even feel a little bit out of place when i am trying to you know express my experience to maybe just help somebody that's never done it Mm -hmm. you know but then when i'm when i'm sitting there talking i'm like well there's probably somebody out there that's done it a thousand times and i'm sitting here saying something that like i've totally missed or i haven't gone through and they're like Mm -hmm. he's a fucking idiot yeah you know or whatever yeah uh but yeah no where were you going with that yeah
1: yeah, that's where I, I just think that um, when people can be vulnerable, mm-hmm. what I really love and how I can resonate with other people is when they it, – it makes you more of a human mm-hmm. when you don't come off like nothing's ever wrong. Because we all know innately, like yeah. deep down in your heart yeah. – we all know that we're we're flawed mm-hmm. and we have issues 100%. and we're not perfect. Mm-hmm. Supernatural Eats is going to have issues. Yep. lashing Company is going to yep. have issues. We're going to have issues at home. We're going to have issues with our kids. Yep. We're going to have issues in our relationships. Yep. And coming clean about that and being mm-hmm. vulnerable, I think people relate more to that. Mm-hmm. But they, it's not like they'll say that online. Like if I ever sure. get vulnerable online and I say something, I might get like, you know, maybe like ten likes or something like that. Sure, but if sure. I share a cool win, it's seventy or a hundred likes. Right. But I might get four or five messages that say, Holy shit, dude, like I can't believe like I've gone through the exact same thing in my life and I'm so glad that yeah. somebody else has like said that. Mm-hmm. And those four or five other messages, they're so much more meaningful than just a bunch of people that mm-hmm. that like what you shared. Sure. But they're not like really fans. They're just kind of like, you know, they're just doing their click service. And I almost feel like, so,
0: you know, social media has started to groom us business owners to this is what you have to do in order for your business to have traction. Yeah. And so then we get caught up in that. We're like, uh, I don't know if I 100% agree with having to do this every day or yeah. to try to get into algorithms to make sure my business. But like marketing has become such a huge component of the business concept Yeah, that it's like there's no way around it, mm-hmm. you know. And so then it's like, OK, how do we. Get back to, um, like you're saying, this face-to-face interaction, this vulnerability as small business owners and still support that. Yeah. And still support it as a community. Yeah. Right? Us business owners, small, medium-sized, large, we're vulnerable, we have flaws, we're going to screw up, we're not going to get it all the time right with the customer. It doesn't mean that we're trying to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, and even if you're if you're doing it constantly, because, right, there's a lot of businesses out there that are open and people are trying to do this Here's the thing is they're in the arena. Mm-hmm. And and you know they may have a a crazy, you know, two-star review and they're screwing up. I think a lot of times they're not intentionally doing that, but they're not doing the things to be intentional about fixing what they're doing. Yeah. They're almost like ignoring the flaws or the hardship that we experience and it's almost like they're putting up a wall. Yeah. And and saying like, "Oh, that's it's not me, it's them." And yeah. I don't think in business ownership, you can do that. And you're going to continue to have those same results, but you are in the arena. Yeah. So you have a chance to, to like have mass success, mm-hmm. but you have to definitely, um, be willing to, to go inward and, and say like, yeah, I have some feedback that isn't positive. Mm-hmm. Um, what am I, de- what do I need to do and, and who do I need to get around and how do I need to change some of the things that I'm doing in order to stop this, you know, repeat issue? Yeah. or problem. So I still salute even the businesses that are struggling. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I'm pulling for them as small business owners to figure it out. Yeah. Right. And, and to know that you don't need to go out and pretend like you've got it all figured out. Right. You know, cause that's, especially if you're in the arena and you're mm-hmm. doing it, yeah. like we all know. Yeah. When you're, when you're yeah. faking the front, we've already all been there. Right. Yeah. And, and when you've started to succeed year after year meaning like you just stay in the arena Mm -hmm. because that's a lot of small businesses it's just like man stay in it long enough and eventually you're going to become good at it
1: yes Um, like just hold on don't quit mm -hmm. you know i it always it's so weird how it works out i think we've been at a point um where we're about a month away from closing on three different occasions Yep, and something always happens. I don't even know how to explain it. And I, you know, I, I lean on faith, yep. you know, whereas I give my maximum mm-hmm. and then God take my hand okay, and then he just shows me the rest, you know, yeah. and pulls me along. Yeah. But that's all you, if you, if you put all of your effort into it, something's going to happen eventually, mm-hmm. you're eventually going to get through it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's crazy how it works out. It's like clockwork, man. It's like you, you will, I, I I truly don't believe that if you just keep going, just never quit, learn your lessons. Mm -hmm. Right. But if you just never quit, like eventually going to get there.
0: Yeah. You're going to have a break. Eventually you're going to get there. Yes. I I would agree with that too. And having, you know, something that's, that's bigger than yourself um, that you're serving, you know, and, and that you're putting faith into it, whatever that is. I think that that's a big component is having that, that's going to give you the extra, of what you need when things are hard, because when it gets hard, oh, dude. that's where it's a gut check. Yeah. It's preach. like, is this for you or is this not for yeah, you? And preach. you're going to, you're going to doubt yourself and you're going to have a million negative thoughts that you have to, you're not just fighting, keeping your business afloat. You're fighting the mental, you know, chaos that is going through your own head, yes. you know? And, and, You have to be ready for that as a business owner. And you also have to know that there's a lot of other people that are in the same position you are, the same time frame. Like when you wake up, there's somebody that's going through that. And they're they're having to fight those negative thoughts. They're having to fight the questioning, should I be doing this? Should I not? You know, it'd be easier to close and quit um, and give up. You know, I need to come off this way because it's going to make more people attracted to me. And so I'm going to mold to that because the more people I have that are attracted to me, the, the more of a chance I feel my business will stay afloat. And it's like, you just have to, you have to be careful with what you're telling yourself, what you're trying to be, you Mm -hmm. know? I mean, it's always good to, to have aspirations to become more. Um, But in the reality of it, as a small business owner, especially in those first three to five years, it is war. Like you were at war with yourself because you're having to change who you are Mm -hmm. and change is extremely hard, especially when we're comfortable with who we are, but business will change you. It'll change you. Um, and sometimes it changes people for the worse. And, and a lot of times I like to say it changes people for the better. Yeah. You know, um, when they have, you know, family and that becomes their why when they have, um, you know, their health. And that becomes, you know, I see people in business all the time. It's two different things. It's either they have terrible health or it's like, I have to have good health because I need to be able to think clear. I need to have good energy. I need to sustain these long days and hours. I need to get good rest. Um, and so I see that in, in small business owners, which is really cool to see the people. Um, Cause I've seen people flop, right? I've seen people that are like, get up, grind, put whatever in my mouth, screw mm-hmm. working out. Time is money, Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. Yeah, and you know, three years into it, they're fifty pounds overweight, and they've yeah. got you know they're on five different medications. they yep. their anxieties out the roof, um, and they have a really serious like wake up call. And and then I see them flip over, and it's funny when I see those individuals flip over from like not making their health a priority in business to when they do make it a priority. I actually see just the whole culture of their business change. Like they are the leader now and then they start to like make people around them better. And so then they're all growing and then eventually their business starts to elevate. I like when you said that earlier, like you focus on your health. I think that's a big thing for small business owners to really grasp or to think about. Um, If you're going to get into small business ownership is make your health a priority rather than like going out and trying to figure out how you're going to get the money or how you're going to get this idea. Like start with your health. Yes. Like your mental health start practicing things that are going to keep you mentally sharp, start adding in physical activity, like start yeah. there. If I was going to say like, you're going to write a business plan, your physical health and your mental health should be like at the top of that business All-time plan.
1: All time high. Yeah. Yeah. I had hundred percent agree with that.
0: So yeah, I think health, I mean, to small business owners, I'm like put that at the top of the priority. And that's what I love about what you guys are doing at Supernatural Eats. It's like, mm-hmm. I looked at your guys' menu and your website and you're really you're promoting a healthy lifestyle. Did you guys, I know that you said in 2017, you guys kind of made the shift from comfort foods, but still organic, high quality to more natural food or, or, or maybe healthier foods. Yeah. Healthier foods. Um, what, what made that shift? And did you see that, uh, as a big impact, especially through COVID, I felt like COVID, a lot of people woke up to their health. Yes, they were like some
1: people did and some people didn't. Well, yeah, but some
0: yeah, some people went the opposite way.
1: <laughs> there, yeah, there was a uh, there was a gal that asked me, and this is another thing where where a customer had a big influence mm. on on how I went left or how I went right. Mm-hmm. But the this customer came up and she was doing a, a bodybuilding show. Okay, and so she said, "Hey, can you cook me basically chicken broccoli rice?" Okay, for 3 meals a day for a week mm-hmm. and drop it off, you know, on Mondays or w- yeah, whatever yeah. it was. And I was like, "Huh, okay. Um, well, it's going to be x amount of money." And she's like, "Okay, that's fine." And I was like, and then she goes, "Well, can you do it for like the next 3 months?" Yeah. It's like, "Yeah, of course." And yeah. then every week I'm noticing, "Okay, well this money's coming in, you don't really realize it. That's you know, a good thing to have some type of like cash flow coming yeah. in, mm-hmm. right? Recurring revenue, yeah. So yeah, so then the next thing she does is, oh, the, like, I'm a chef, right? So then I start cooking her chicken, broccoli, rice, and maybe it's not like flavored and mm. whatnot. It's cooked well, and she appreciates it. And She puts her own hot sauces on it or whatever. Gotcha. And then she starts telling other people. And so before I know it, I have six people that are all doing these these bodybuilding diets. So it's it's almost like you
0: found a niche of
1: – customers that needed very very small yeah okay yeah and so every week i'm like okay well now i got like a thousand twelve hundred bucks coming in every week yep and i'm like shoot and then it just kind of dawned on me why is it like there's got to be other people to eat this way Mm -hmm. maybe not this healthy right but maybe they just want a healthy meal delivered like a lunch that just so happens to be healthy that's good and that's where the idea kind of blossomed and it's just been tweaked and tweaked and tweaked and tweaked over time
0: you know what else I think is there, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there's this this market of people um, with very similar approaches to health and wellness when it comes to diet, right? There's so many different diets and ways to eat. Um, but like with paleo, carnivore, um, kind of the competition, uh, whether it's the MMA fighting, the, mm-hmm. the crossfitters, the mm-hmm. bodybuilder competition people, there's definitely a community that That needs that. And they're also still in a time crunch. Mm. They're working professionals. They're putting in a ton of time, which is like a side job when it comes to competition. Um, especially if you're not at that high, high level where you're getting actually paid for it now, but there's still people on that come up that need that convenience. Um, I know we talk about it even as a family of five, it's like running around, but we still don't want our kids putting junk in their mouth. Yeah. Right. We, we don't want to just be like, Oh, it's, it was, you know, 12, 14 hour a day. Let's just run through the drive-through. Like it's yeah. still really important to us. And it's almost like, yeah, if we had something, the convenience of it, but we mm-hmm. knew it was still good. It's like, it's worth paying that subscription model to know. Um, it's kind of like what Amazon's done in a lot of regards, like for us, Amazon simplified our life because we just put things on a subscription on the things we know we're using mm-hmm. every day or, every week or once a month that we need. And it's like, okay, we know that it's gonna be delivered on the 14th of every month. So we don't, it takes something off of our plate. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of what you guys have done with Supernatural Eats is you've made that convenience, but you still have a menu to where it's like, look, we can cook as clean and as crisp as you need it to be Mm -hmm. if it's competition wise. But we also have this menu where it's like, it's still gonna taste good. It's still good food. It's still quality. You're not going to be eating like a bodybuilder, but you're going to be getting in high quality foods that's going to nourish your body. And and really, ultimately, the nourishment of the body is how you accelerate. I mean, I'm talking from like a small business owner when you've got fires to put out all day. Yeah. Like, you better be at... It's almost like you're in competition mode. Yeah. You know, you have to have that, that good meal. You have to have... You can't go all day not eating. Yeah. That's not going to be good for you. Eventually, you're going to like you know, crash out. And and that's not good for your mental clarity. Yeah. You know, especially if you're, if you're making decisions, like yeah. I think of people where it's like, they haven't eaten anything all day, because they're putting out fires, or they're busy, or they're running around doing this. And then they have a negotiation that they get into at five o'clock. Mm-hmm. Because somebody recognizes that this person's patterns are at five o'clock, they're not as sharp. And now you go sure. into that meeting, and you're yeah. not as sharp. And now you're going to make Big decisions for your business mm-hmm. off of not being sharp, yeah. Um, you know, or vice versa. They're they're running around, so they're just putting junk in their body all day, yeah. and then that that junk food or or that not high quality food ends up doing the same thing. They yeah. crash, and they're not as clear, and they're not making. You know, they're lethargic, and they're tired, and and maybe a high level conversation. Yeah. Whether it's a one on one with yeah. an, that's a high level conversation in my eyes. If you're yes. in a one on one with a staff member has a big impact on your culture and you're not mentally focused and sharp and and really giving them your best. So, sorry, I'm kind of went on a rant there, but I I can't say enough about, I think what you guys are doing is tremendous and it's a great way um, to get those good, healthy meals in people's.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, there's a lot of education that happens behind it. Mm -hmm. Um, We're in the process of doing that, but I think that's a, a, you know, 20, 30 year plan because it's really changing how people, are eating mm-hmm. and we're not just competing with the 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 other meal prep companies in the yeah. world. Yeah. We compete with every restaurant and every grocery store mm-hmm. around us. Yeah. Because I want to steal one of the meals out of your day. That's the goal. Yep, right? So I mean, does anybody want to compete with McDonald's or like I personally don't, I wish there wasn't McDonald's or Wendy's around so sure. that I didn't have to compete with them, Yeah, yeah. you know, because they just have a, a, a great business model. Like yeah. you're never going to get sick off their food. You yeah. go eat it fresh. And they kind of like invented the HACCP plan, like the food safety system, you know, yeah. but, um, then, you know, you go to the grocery store and all the groceries that you buy every single week, mm-hmm. we're competing with that as well. Yeah. And so we're, we're in this push now for, to just give people information of, look, we're all in this life and it's going by very, very quickly. And if you're busy and we're all busy because we have this, right? Like anybody can get in touch with us at any point in time. And so it just makes you naturally busy. Mm -hmm. You know, you get an email Sunday at 7 p.m. And for some reason, people expect you to reply to them first thing Monday morning, you know, like Mm -hmm. the next day. but. that's what we're combating. That's yeah. what we're trying to solve. And that's where we're trying to help. Yeah. Because this culture, not only that, man, I mean, our, our, like the whole mission goes so much deeper yep. than just like the busy professional, right? Mm-hmm. Like we just went through th- three years of just a load of bullshit after bullshit after bullshit. Yeah. And if we're all healthier, mm-hmm. like it didn't affect me that much because I'm super healthy. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I, I'm not saying that I'm an outlier. But there's a lot of people that the pandemic affected. Mm-hmm. That if they were in better shape and they were taking care of themselves more mm-hmm. through just eating right, right, and getting out, you know, because yep. naturally, if you eat better, there's a there's a natural segue into life that's much more robust and abundant when you start eating better. Mm-hmm. You start thinking more clear. Maybe you pick up a book. You start naturally drinking more water. Mm -hmm. You start going outside. You have different levels of energy Mm -hmm. rather than this lethargic type of monotone um, energy that you walk around with when you eat fast food and you start eating shitty. You know, it's just something that that happens naturally. I mean, if you go up to, um, you know, a lady in her 30s and say, and she looks healthy and you go, hey, do you eat healthy? And she says... Yeah, I eat healthy. Mm-hmm. She's probably going to go outside for walks or walk her dog. Yep. She probably, you know, gets sun. She probably drinks plenty of water every day. She probably has a good job. She's probably, you know, and the same thing with a guy. But um, that's yeah, they're really not taking
0: regular visits. They're not on, you know, a cabinet full of prescriptions.
1: Hundred percent. Yeah, no, I can and agree with like you more. like the the whole the whole pharmaceutical industry. Like, could everything that just happened happen? If everybody was truly like pursuing that life of health, mm-hmm. if they were growing food in their backyard, it just changes so much. You don't I mean, you don't need the medicines. And and then we start going into shit, man, all the circulatory diseases, the heart diseases that are happening. Mm-hmm. Would that be a problem now? Would our healthcare problem be a problem now? Mm-hmm. Would we be paying over a thousand bucks, you know, for a family of four or five for health insurance mm-hmm. now? If we were more on this preventative healthcare kick rather than we are Western medicine.
0: Yeah. And I think that kind of ties back into small business, how small business owners can impact the
1: community. And if we start to
0: I know that you had said education is is a long, long term plan. It's something that we constantly have to be. Informing people about these things because you know small business owners they're thinking this way right they're thinking like how do we stay off a Western medicine pharmaceutical plan mm-hmm. like how do we remove ourselves from that blueprint right and knowing that that blueprint is a, is a profit blueprint yeah that's all that that blueprint is yeah. it has profit behind it yeah spreadsheet numbers and their their equation is adding you into it so how do we some how do we how do we take ourselves out of that how do we support more of the the small business um, cuz overall i think a lot of times food and the habits that we create through food is comfort it's stress it's the same thing as what you talked about you know it's hard for you to really elevate as your best potential person not in a f- fairly stable sober mindset you know yeah you might eat this a couple times a year or once a month or something like mm-hmm. that. But when you're drinking every day, you know, when you're oh. dabbling in, in, you know, recreational or, or hardcore drugs, like eventually there's a snowball effect to it. It's the same oh, thing yeah. with your food. Like if you're, you know, if you're not being aware of what you're putting, eventually the snowball effect isn't a good outcome. It doesn't make you your best self. It puts you into a vulnerable position to like maybe not accelerate at your best because you've fallen short to the comforts of but again, I think a lot of small business owners going back to that struggle with um, you know, I see a lot of small business owners when they get stressed. Yeah.
1: It's well, like they you go gotta to do you they gotta they like self
0: medicate. Yeah, almost. they go to that. Yeah, they go to, you know alcohol consumption goes up, mm-hmm. you know, yep. um, you know, they need a quick nicotine break. Yeah. Right. And and now they're taking smoke breaks because they're like, man, I've had 10 fires put out. My business is barely making any money. I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent. I don't know how I'm going to pay the, the landlord's rent. I don't know how I'm going to pay these employees. I don't know how I'm going to make payroll. I don't know how I'm going to get more customers to increase sales. Mm-hmm. And then it, it like goes the opposite way. And then I think that's where a lot of these small business owners struggle to get out of that hole and some of them never make it out. Yeah. You know, so I would just say,
1: you know, tying it back into health and food for small businesses, make that a part of your, your business plan. 100%, man. Always. Yeah. I would focus. I mean, even if you were, if there was one thing that I would tell people before they start a business, as yeah. I would just say, get in the best possible shape of your life I agree. and just maintain it. Through starting your business, 100%. it's a whole nother discipline that you need to have in order to get there. Yep. And once you once you harness that discipline, it's going to bleed into your business everywhere. Accounting with finance, um, you know, if you meet a girl and you have a girlfriend, you're going to be more disciplined with her, making mm-hmm. sure that her needs are met as well. Yep. Yep. And then you eventually just come into this this reality of all of these habits have started to form. That and, discipline, the habits, correct?
0: What a uh, what. Talk to us a little bit about like what you've done. Um, I know in the beginning of our conversation, you talked about the importance of family to you and being around for your kids and and you know raising your your family with with you know a male figure in the house and and still being able to contribute. Talk a little bit about what business ownership has done from that
1: aspect of your life. Oh dude, that's dark um to be honest the you know there's this uh path that I think i've I've gone on, and it, there's a lot of people that have left me behind. Mm -hmm. Uh, or in a sense we've just kind of split and meaning like friends family everybody dude friends family close family close friends because you Um, decided to be a business owner or it's not and it's never attributed to because of that right it's certain things it's Mm -hmm. um it's it's people hold some type of um like resentment towards you if you can't because you're having success or you're not Well, and that's the thing is, is when you go through that, that journey, right, not Mm -hmm. only are you going to be alone at some point for a period of time, Mm -hmm. until you get to the next level where you start meeting people, Mm -hmm. who knows, maybe now you're in my network, and I've gotten to that level, right, because of you're that much higher. But I think it's a lot of things. And I don't know, because I, you know, without being able to talk to these people and just, and being able to like reach inside their brain and sure, pull out an authentic sure. yeah. response. You yeah. just never know. Yeah, yeah. But people fall off the wayside. Friends fall off the wayside. Um, They assume that maybe you're stuck up or that you think that you're too good mm. uh, because you can't go to, you know, the poker game or you can't go out with them. Yeah, you or, start to make certain things priority because you know, like if I put myself in this atmosphere or. When you're a bachelor and you have no kids, and somebody tells you that you that they, they can't come over to your poker night. Right. You don't understand that you have your wife sitting right next to you that's like longing, begging for your time as a small business owner mm-hmm. and wishing that you're there even more, but the 15 minutes per night that you have with her mm-hmm. – She soaks it up like, like it's a big sun. like, (laughs) like like she's straight white and needs the sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever analogy, you you know what I mean? Yeah, same thing with the kids, man. Like, you know, I, I have certain things that I do to make sure that that like I'm, I stay focused in my mental health. You know, but leaving a lot of people behind, I think, is just part of it. Yeah, it's really part of it, and I guess the people that that I've listened to, um, that are kind of on that next level. Mm They all kind of say the same thing. You yep. know, everybody's got like a fractured family. Mm-hmm. And to me, at least in my small nuclear family with my wife and my three kids, it's important to me that that I'm raising them the right way and I'm giving all them the attention that they need. Yep. And also to, I mean, it goes into, we're kind of going backwards here a little yep. bit, but I want to make sure that my son grows up. And he, for one, has hope in the future and wants to have kids. Sure. And not only that, he's a leader yep. and he's smart and he's mm-hmm. strong. At the end of the day, I don't want a man that, that that's going to grow up and resent me because I didn't push down the hard lessons on life mm-hmm. that society gave to him instead of me giving to him. Mm-hmm. I would okay. rather spank my kids than society spank my kids. Sure. Cause you're going to get a spanking. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. No matter at some point in your life, you're just going to get humbled. And so um, just feel like I love my family so much mm-hmm. and I want so much success for them that I would rather even be like the bad guy. Sure. In some ways yep. to make sure that they understand that, that, maybe this is a hard lesson, but at least you're learning it from dad and not from somebody that you don't know in the real world.
0: I think what you said right there though, man, the bad guy has to be around to be the bad guy. And so eventually you grow up and you realize that like, yeah, dad was the one that was having my best interest and it felt like the bad guy, but there was no question he was there for me Mm -hmm. and he was doing what I needed for the family. And He was there for the family. And, and, you know, I think sometimes at a young age, we probably all have done that where we're like, ah, you know, I didn't like it. But now I realize life has shown me some different angles. I appreciate these. Mm -hmm. And they were loyal through thick and thin, you know, even though their loyalty maybe came off as harsh or, you know, it didn't feel good or, you know, you didn't maybe get along with them or you didn't like them. I think you hear a lot of that with like parents or siblings or things like that. And then obviously through life and you're like, man, I couldn't love that person more, Mm -hmm. you know, for the things that they showed me the hard lessons and being tough on me. You start to value that. And maybe in the time that it's happening, you don't value it as
1: much. People hold a resentment over you when you baby them yeah, in a way that like, for example, if you go loan somebody a thousand bucks, you may not know it yet, but eventually when you start asking for that money back, Mm it causes friction. And that person is going to be mad at you for asking them when they think that you know that they can't pay you back, Mm -hmm. right? And so I think that that just in the the general realm, and I guess generally speaking, I would always want my kids to make sure that they learn like uh, the right lesson, Mm -hmm. even if it's a hard lesson, rather than to be babied through life. And I think, you know, the younger generation now, I almost feel bad. It's just like, dude, you could have just you could have got spanked like one time, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like or or I mean I say it all the time too, like this this guy, he just needs to get punched in the face like sh- one time. Sh- sure, yeah. And then that and then he'll probably be so much better. Yeah. Or maybe he won't be so this way, you know? And and nowadays you just don't have that way to like humble people anymore. Everything Mm. is social media. And, you know, like, you know, the back in the old days, like mutual combat, you didn't get arrested for, Sure, you know? And nowadays it's like, you can't do anything. You can't touch anybody. Everything is like, be kind, love everybody. And I understand that piece, right? Like I want to go out into the world and I'm going to treat every single person I meet with respect. Sure. But in the same sense, it's like you have to have your own self-respect to respect other people. Mm. So-
0: yeah, no. And I think those are all, you know, things that we're working through um, with the t- changing times. If it doesn't revert back to that, we've got to become more strategic on how we adapt to those people in a way to where we don't
1: lose ourselves. Yeah. Um, we start talking about a lot of different stuff, but it's, yeah. a, it's all relevant in, in business because it's, it's so intertwined in small business. You know, corporate yeah. life, I mean, when we get to a point where, let's say in 20 or 30 or 40 years down the road, yep. you and Bailey are living in a whole different life, right? Sure. You guys have 1,000, 10,000 yeah. locations yeah. open all yeah. over yeah. the U.S. Yeah. You're living a different life, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And same thing with me. But now everything is so intertwined mm-hmm. in our life that we just see it on such a granular, um, basic level. Yep. You know? Do you feel like business ownership has made you a better person? So absolutely, I think that, and I think I think my wife, your wife too, hundred percent, man,
0: which then probably trickles into your family hundred percent, and that's what I love about small business right there, man, is like that's the core of it. Like, if you want to change something, change people that are closest to you and do it for the better, and mm-hmm. like small business, I hear that when I ask people like whether they they've gone big and and it's been on a macro level mm-hmm. and they've scaled something you know, and done everything that they wanted to do in it, or if it's just a micro level and they're, they're working through the day to day challenges of just a a single location or a single idea or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, majority of the time I hear business owners say like, yeah, business has made me a better person. And like, if you're a leader of a business, I'm sure you're inside your family as a leader. And therefore like anybody that's inside that household is being changed by the small business mindset. Mm -hmm. Well, no. So today, I think was great, man. I think we got a lot of good information out there for all the small business owners. A um, couple last few questions I have for you: um, What are some some fun things about you? What do you What do you like to do? What do you feel like your um, strengths are as a business owner? Do you like leading people? Do you like the technician side of cooking? Does that mm-hmm. where, where do you find yourself really getting in? to where you're like yeah this is this is my business and this is where I'm at
1: I I love this component of it is there any department that you're like yeah is it marketing you, you know what so I'll tell a little bit of a story yeah. but uh you know when I was growing up my my mom was single mom and I remember man like so many times I would just be uh I'd walk by her room and I would see her just crying like not hysterical or anything like that but just sobbing like yeah like Either she was sad, or just the yeah. the the you know life was just coming at her, and I saw it so many times. I'm like, dang, like I I felt in my heart like she, her her emotion made me feel like like this is the end. Like, what's she mm-hmm. gonna do? Are we gonna yeah. move in with like our grandparents? What's, yeah. what's happening? And then she'd wake up the next day, and she would fucking go to work. Yeah, and she worked. 12 hours, yeah. 15 hours. Made it to the sunlight. Boom, dude, the, yeah. the next day. Yeah. And then, you know, and then I would like see it again. And I'm, I just feel so bad, so heart-wrenched. Yeah. And she would wake up the next day. Get to it. And she would go, go back to work. Yep. Like, it, it, there, there was no other option for her. Mm-hmm. And so I think if I if I were to put my strength into perspective, I would say that's what I got. Yeah. I don't say that I'm the best chef. I don't say that I'm the best at marketing or sales or or anything like that, but just the ability to just endure yep. and just take hit after hit yep. after fire after fire after fire. Yeah, and that resilience. You the, have that grit. Just every day, man. Like there's so many times where I just want to quit. Yep. I don't. I tell my wife all the time. I'm like, I could go and do a corporate job, and I could be making 150. 200k a year we could be comfortable yep. and i could get my three weeks vacation a year and just be so much easier than this you know and and we could spend so much more time together and all this and she's like oh that sounds really good yeah, yeah 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 because she's just it's pulling out <laughs> her heartstrings but that's it man yeah. i think that at the, I, I think that's all i got at the, at the end of the, day, at yeah, the, end the that, day that resilience that grit and- um, have you
0: always been that way as a kid or is that something that's developed over time through life experience? I was that
1: way. And then when I told you I started, yeah. when I walked in sophomore year into my house, and my yep. buddy had a line of Oxycontin out. Yeah. I lost it for a long time. Gotcha. And then yeah. I would say, you know, when I stopped it, it was like cold turkey done with it yeah. is when I kind of got it back. Yeah, you felt that. It was like
0: I got the fire again. Yeah. and it's crazy how drugs and, and, you know, certain things can just snatch the Mm -hmm. greatest assets of you. And they can just steal it from you in a heartbeat. And it's why it's like, be aware of your surroundings, be aware of your group, especially the young entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, There's and and entrepreneurship is starting a lot younger now because of social media and all of the exposure, Mm -hmm. you know, these, influencers and mentors and whatever you want to call them. Right. And so these younger kids are seeing this. Um, but for those, those younger, that younger generation that does aspire to really go out and try this and, you know, think about being a business owner, be aware of like who you're hanging with and how you're, you know, how you're moving because there's a lot of that out there now and it's easily and, and accessible and it can hook you and it can steal your
1: greatest personality traits and there. It's hard to get back to. Yeah. Just too. stay clean just stay clean, yep. especially, especially the first five years. Don't do anything. Yeah. You know, just stay focused. Yeah. Don't create those down. habits, you yes. know, at a young age. Cause yes.
0: those habits are easy to fall back on. If you start them at a young age, you know, it's like when things start to get stressed or you want to have a good time or, mm-hmm. you know, what do you, uh, la- last, you know, couple questions here, but what, do, what do you like to do to kind of get away from business outside of spending time with your family? What, what are some of the things that you like to do to yeah. just Hey, I need a little break. I need a mental break. I don't need to spend so much time thinking about yeah. every little aspect of the business. Uh,
1: golf, golf. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, that's gotcha. me, man. Nice. I don't know what it is. Have uh, you always been a golfer? Or no, did you pick that no, up? I picked I it up. This is my third year in. That's cool. and uh, and hunting, hunting too, hunting, man. uh yeah. um, oh, they're just like two passion. Like I almost think that that now in in the in my age now. Eventually, when supernaturally it starts to get up to the point where yeah. where I don't necessarily need to have a you know, watchful eye on it all the time or have a pulse on it, I think I'm going to explore something in in the realm of hunting as far as business wise. Just gotcha. love, love it, it. Yeah. yeah, man. The, the, how peaceful it is being up in the mountains, and you're just it, it, you know when you go after an animal and when yeah. you see it, there's just such a different. Mm-hmm. It's just this primal type of instinct that comes out. Mm-hmm. It's almost like. You're scared? Maybe yeah. or you're afraid or intimidated. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but you just something. Shoot, man. It's it's insane. It's like you're so connected with the world that you're seeing a wild animal out in the wild. Well, yeah. And you're like, I want to eat you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's like I I want to Chop you up and yeah. throw you on my back yeah. and take you back to my truck yeah. and I want to eat you. You know, yeah. it's just it's well, just it's somebody weird. that actually knows how to like prepare that meat even more. So it's
0: like you you probably cherish the food and that animal a lot more than you know just picking it up in the store. Yes, I think a lot of times even what we go back to the corporate like just drive through even if that's considered meat. Yeah, um, in some of these fast food places, it's yeah. stopped appreciating. Like how grateful we are to have a meal. Yeah, it's
1: very much so. Yep. So I do that and golf. Golf is kind of just the that peaceful um time yep. to just chill. Yep. Nothing else to focus on. Still be outside. Yeah. Yep. And as crazy as it sounds, just like going to put a ball and, you know, a hole is just it takes so much focus you can't really think about anything else. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really like about it. It's I can be removed from business from every, every other stress just for that moment, you know, boom. And then maybe when I go to check notifications, then I can read the email when I'm next hole or something, you know?
0: Yep. No, I think for small business owners or people that are wanting to get into small business, it's really important to have that aspect in mind when you go into business that you still need to have some getaway hobbies. You need to have some things. It doesn't mean that you're going to get a lot of time with them, um, but it's important to have, um, Still, I don't know how I feel and I'm not here to go back and forth on the life, you know, work life balance, Um, you know, because I don't think it's fair to tell somebody who wants work life balance not to have work life balance. And I don't think it's fair for somebody that, you know, somebody's obsession should have a balance. I think it's just I try to stay out of that. But I think for the most part, you do have to have some mental clarity. You have to have some breaks Um, when it comes to business to I know I'm guilty of it. I could just sit and stew in my thoughts on business. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I run the people around me crazy, Mm -hmm. (laughs) even though like it it doesn't feel crazy to me. But when I'm sitting there and it's just 24 Mm seven, you know, day in, day out and somebody's around me, they're like, especially the people who are closest to me, they're, they're like, dude, you're a psycho, you know, and they feel that way because I'm just sitting there like processing. And for me, that's just an obsession. Mm -hmm. It's just an obsession that I go through. And to me, I don't feel like I'm like, it's out of the norm, Mm -hmm. but somebody that lives with me day in and day out, they're like, dude, that's, that's not normal. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I don't always think that it's, you know, the healthiest form. So I definitely think having and sharing those hobbies that people can get away, just like you said, for that moment is good. Um, well, tell us, uh, closing out, how how can people find you? Um, how can they get a hold of you if they're interested in, you know, m- maybe helping be a part of, of, you know, the dreams of Supernatural Eats, whether it's yeah. getting involved in um, the business component side or if it's just getting a hold of because they want fresh, good, healthy meal options. And, mm-hmm. yeah, tell us a little bit about how they can get a hold of you guys.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're on Instagram and Facebook at Supernatural Eats. Okay. And then you can go to our website. It's www.supernaturaleats.com. And just search us on Google. I mean, if you... search supernatural Eats, we we're gonna pop up. i have been doing a lot of work to uh to get there. Get so there, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> no, we'll definitely um and then you guys also do I saw on your website you do catering as well. So you guys yes do event catering. Yeah so there's like
1: event that. catering, corporate catering. We do some wedding catering. And then something we didn't talk about at all today uh is government food service. Okay but that's a whole other realm of of how to acquire a business. It's good, you know, through a, a contracting process. So Okay. Cool. So people can get there's a lot of different avenues that people can find you and
0: get a hold of you and do that. Um, Well, again, you guys, this is a a podcast about small business ownership. I appreciate it. And having Zeke on today with us and uh, just all the information that you shared, I think is going to be extremely helpful to the community. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you guys want to get on some more support, small business ownership, uh, find supernatural eats Uh, Zeke is the owner of it. He is obviously doing a tremendous job and, Um, He's somebody that we're grateful that we've had today, and we appreciate having you on today. Awesome. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks, man. (laughs) Yep.